This morning from Matthew chapter 20, the first 16 verses, Jesus is speaking and says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing, agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the word of God for the people of God. Today, we have another parable from the Gospel of Matthew for our scripture lesson. Now, remember, we've been talking about parables. They're supposed to grab our attention. They're supposed to shake us up a little bit. They're supposed to help us see life in a new way, closer to the way God sees things. They're supposed to help us understand what God is doing in our world. At its best, it helps us see life in a new light. Or to see the kingdom of God more clearly. Or as Jesus says in that very first verse we read, for the kingdom of heaven is like. It's supposed to help us understand what God is about. What the kingdom of heaven looks like. And Jesus is saying it doesn't look like the status quo. The kingdom of heaven is life when we are living in alignment with God and God's values, or you could say living by God's will. If you look in the previous chapter, chapter 19 of Matthew, you find uh, several stories that lead us up to this parable. All of them are turning common understandings upside down. The first one's over there in chapter 19, beginning in verse 13. Little children start to come toward Jesus. The disciples stop them, as would have been the tradition. No one allowed to come hear the rabbi except for adult men. But then Jesus corrects them, and in verse 14 says, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. 
You see how Jesus is beginning to turn things upside down. And then the next one, a rich young man, the very next story, comes to Jesus, calls him good. Jesus says, no, I'm not good. Only God is good. You see, he's not letting this fellow set up a hierarchy. But then he says, listen, I've followed all the commandments. What else can I do to gain eternal life? And Jesus says to him in verse 21, if you wish to be perfect... Go sell your possessions and give the money to the poor. It's not the answer the rich young man who was quite an achiever thought it was going to be. The stories go on. The disciples are surprised. By the time we get to verse 23, they're not sure what Jesus is saying. And he says to them, truly, I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And they are shocked. How can that be? Because in that day, some maybe for some of us in this day as well, to have wealth, to be rich, was to be blessed or to be saved even. The disciples say, well, if the rich are going to have a hard time, what about the rest of us? Who can be saved? Jesus goes on to talk to them about who's worthy in the sight of God and continues to turn things upside down and then the verse that comes just before the parable is verse 30 in chapter 19 jesus says many who are first will be last and the last will be first if you feel a little uncomfortable at this point then you are hearing jesus Because he's trying to shake us out of understanding God the way we understand culture and society. He thinks perhaps if we're uncomfortable now we're ready to hear the parable of this landowner who's going to look for laborers and finds some early in the morning and sends them to work in the vineyard and then goes back to the marketplace at nine, finds some more, sends them in again at noon, again at three, again at five. He keeps sending people into the vineyard. But then at the end of the day, he tells his managers to pay those who got there last, pay them first. And those at the end of the line who were there first are thinking, wow, if they got the usual daily wage, what are we going to get? Well, they get the same thing that the landowner had promised them, which was the usual daily wage. Verse 10 tells us, now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, They grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us. And all of a sudden, you realize their complaint is not really about the money, but about being treated better than someone else. They want to be higher on the hierarchy of laborers. The man says, did I give you what I promised? Well, yes. Well, then you got what you were promised. 
Why are you envious, he asked them. Are you envious because I'm generous with another? Obviously they were. And then verse 16 comes where Jesus says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. And we think that doesn't seem fair. That's not equal work for equal pay. That's somehow equal pay for less work. So what can Jesus be saying? What is he trying to get us to hear? I think this is at least part of it. You will get what you are promised in the kingdom of heaven. And if others come to faith after you, they will get what is promised too in the kingdom of heaven. That is, we all will get to receive the benefits of salvation offered to us from God. That is, in the kingdom, there's no penalty for coming in a little bit later than someone else. Jesus, I think, is saying pretty clearly this is not a merit system. This is not some kind of tenured system where if you got there earlier, you get more. Jesus is saying God's grace is available to all. Another way Christians have expressed this is to say that we do not earn our salvation. It is a gift of God. Often in the baptismal covenant, when we're baptizing someone and we read the ritual out of the hymnal and when we begin to talk about baptism as a sign of God's grace, the line is in there that we hear that says this salvation or this grace is offered to us without price. The extension of that idea would lead us to understand that the kingdom of heaven is going to be more generous to you than you expect. That God is more magnanimous than we expect. Often we think of God as a judge and somehow hard to get along with. But in this parable, Jesus is saying God is generous to everyone. This is no scarcity model. If you get more, I have to get less. Or if I get more, you have to get less. You wouldn't think if I said God loves me that I meant God doesn't love you. And yet sometimes that's how we act when we think about other people. There was a singer, songwriter, folk song person back in the 1960s, Malvina Reynolds. She wrote a song called Magic Penny. I want to read you a few of those lyrics. She says, love is something if you give it away, give it away, give it away. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. It's just like a magic penny. Hold it tight and you won't have any. Lend it, spend it, and you'll have so many they'll roll all over the floor. For love is something if you give it away. Give it away, give it away. Love is something, if you give it away, you end up having more. When Jesus begins to talk about the kingdom of heaven, the talk is of abundance and of 
bountiful love of God in the kingdom of heaven or in the economy of love, Jesus is saying God wants to reward us all. God wants all of us to experience salvation. It's available to each and every one of us. There's no limit on how many of God's children can experience this love and salvation. So if you're first or last, it doesn't really matter because everyone is receiving the bounty and the grace and the gifts and the blessings of God. We're all going to get what God has promised will happen in the kingdom of heaven. If we're envious at that point, then we're still caught up in some kind of worldly hierarchy where we're believing somehow to feel okay about ourselves, we have to put someone else down, that somehow we have to be ahead of others to be okay, that somehow we can work harder or labor harder or achieve more. Jesus turns that on its head in this parable and pays all of them. He says the landowner pays all of them the same daily wage. God is being generous with us all. Theologically, we call that grace. We say it's the unmerited, unearned love of God available to us in our life. It's not based on where you were born or whom you were born to or how much money you have or how many degrees you've achieved or what you've done that's good in the world. It's a gift of God, often freely and without price to each and every one of us. Jesus says it is just for all to receive God's generosity. Certainly it is a different kind of justice than we normally think of in the world but perhaps that's just the point of the parable is to get us to think differently to begin to understand in a more robust way what this idea of the kingdom of heaven or living in God's will is all about Jesus throws out merit as a criteria Salvation is not for our own glory or grandeur in this world. It's not about getting more than someone else or getting all I can to leave somebody else out. It's like that song said, the more that's given, the more we have and experienced. God's economy of love is not based on scarcity or hierarchy of any kind. When John Wesley was writing about this, he talked about the proper way to understand religion. I want to read you a couple of sentences. Wesley, who's the founder of the Methodist movement and a scholar and a spiritual guide, he writes this, that religion properly understood is right attitudes towards God and people. In short, it is two words. He says, gratitude and benevolence gratitude to our creator and supreme benefactor and benevolence to our fellow creatures in other words it is loving god with all our heart and our neighbor 
as ourselves. Amen. And thanks be to God.